Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. Make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So this scripture is what's called the Abrahamic Covenant. And when the people of God were were entering uh, into the promised land, God gave this promise to Abraham that one day, even though Israel had sinned, even though Israel had failed over and over again, that God would one day bless all people. And so we see that this is how Jesus blesses the world. Jesus, when he comes and dies and takes all of our sins, he is that blessing to all the nations. So he is the fulfillment of this covenant. All right, and then Israel sins, Israel fails, we sin, we fail, and the world's a mess. So now what? <laughs> Matthew twenty four fourteen says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So why do we do missions in the first place? Because the world needs the gospel. The world is so broken. We all know that, obviously. So as we go, as we make disciples, as we'll see in the next verse, this is the point, that the end will come and that all people will be joined back to God and redeemed to himself when the gospel is preached to all nations. And that leads us to Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Great commission. Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So a couple weeks ago, Pastor Phil talked about this passage, and I really appreciated how... So usually you hear this, and it's like, oh, go. Everybody has to go to China. Everybody has to go to Africa. Everybody has to go somewhere. But that's not the point. Um, He mentioned that the text actually says go means as you are going. So it assumes that you're going somewhere, whether it's across the country or to your next-door neighbor. But the point is making disciples. So the point is sharing the gospel and growing people in, in faith in Jesus. And then, what is the result of all of this? I love this passage. I read this last week in a little teaser. So, Revelation 7, verses 9 and 10. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So this is just a beautiful passage about what it will look like. That one day, it won't be people who look like you. It'll be people who are so vastly different, but we are all worshiping the one true God. So that is the whole point of everything that one day people that don't know Jesus now will, and that they will be worshiping him next to us. So, how are we doing in this mission? 
There, is, there are a couple terms that kind of go along with missions that will help us to understand the state of the world as we know it. So the first are unreached people groups. Unreached peoples are, it's a group of people who have no indigenous believers, um, community of believers, who can plant churches among them. So indigenous just means people within that context. So if you were go, to go to Africa, there wouldn't be African believers who can plant churches and reach their own people. So they rely on the help of, of outsiders or foreigners. And usually, unreached people groups have less than 2% evangelical Christians, often none at all. So in a little while, we'll be learning about specific unreached people groups, and you'll see on the cards how it says 0.00% of these people are Christians, or 0.01% of these people are Christians. And 95% of these unreached people groups live in what's called the 1040 window. This is between 10 degrees and 40 degrees latitude um, on the world map, and it stretches over North Africa, um, the Middle East, and lots of Asia. So there are a lot of people live in this group. Over 4,000 people groups live in this area, um, but 95% of all unreached live in this area. So I have something to show you guys. So this is a scroll that we have in our prayer room at my school. And this scroll is over 200 pages taped together like that. And it goes by country name from whatever the first country is to Zimbabwe. And it has a list of every single unreached people group that we know of in the world. Um, there are over 6,500 unreached people groups. So all of these groups, uh, the Moor people in Western Sahara and the Deaf group in Yemen have less than 2% Christian. So we're going to stretch this out just to kind of give you guys a visual of just how many people still need the gospel. Okay, so the one at the top of the list um, are the Mobog people in Malaysia. So this many people groups reaches to Malaysia, and it still can unroll forever. In our gym, in our school, it can go across the entire gym twice. And each one of these lines doesn't represent a person. It represents an entire group. And each group can be <laughs> thousands, millions of people. So this is just kind of to help you visualize the state of the world that we're in. So now we're going to show you guys a video about more about unreached people groups and kind of the statistics um, of what the state of the world is. One of the ways that you can have a role in this missions um, perspective is by being a welcomer. A welcomer is someone who um, welcomes internationals into the area by building relationships, 
by being hospitable, inviting them into your home, um, and, and just helping them to um, acculturate into the community around them. First um, Thessalonians 2, 7 and 8 say, Instead, we are like young children among you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. A lot of you all know that I work um, in the school system, and my job is to work with students who are immigrants and refugees and many who have just arrived in the country. In this past school year, at the beginning, there was a new student who came in. Um, she was just from Iraq, her and her family, um, her her three brothers and her mother and father had just moved into the country about a month and a half earlier, and here she was starting eighth grade. And through the course of some crazy God interactions, um, I was able to sit with them um, over dinner one night and just help explain what America looked like, um, as well as a lot about what my faith looked like. And they were practicing Muslims. They still are, but they were curious about Jesus because they had heard about him and they had seen it lived out from the beginning of their time in America. And one moment in the middle of my classroom, this young girl looks at me and says, I like Jesus. And I looked at her and said, you know what, sweet girl, so do I. And we had a great conversation about what church looks like and faith looks like in the middle of my public school classroom because she had seen Jesus in a number of ways. So one way that you can serve is to welcome those who are coming into our communities. Uh, my name is Robert Pedler. Uh, I'm a member here at Life Church, And my topic is another facet of missions and it's mobilizing um, to be a mobilizer uh, what does that mean so the definition um, says empowering others with global vision passion and strategy helping them get personally connected to finding their most strategic role in the great commission and a scripture that goes along with that is Matthew nine thirty six to 38 it says when he saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Uh, just this week, I was scrolling through Facebook, as many of us do here on a daily basis, maybe an hourly basis, depending on how often we, we do that. Um, I saw a very interesting video with a guy. Uh, he was from Qatar, uh, he was in a church, you know, a church similar to this. Um, he was standing at the altar. pastor was, you know, praying for him. But this guy was in tears. Like, I mean, he was bawling. Um, on, on his shirt, he had a sign, a big sign uh, that he wrote. My guess is that he probably did not know English, so he could not express it um, in English. Uh, but the sign said, came from Qatar to find Jesus. And this guy was crying and just calling the name of Jesus at the altar. And it really moved me as a believer, as a Christian. Um, and obviously after seeing, you know, these videos about how many people there are that are unreached, uh, it just shows you the magnitude of the mission that we have. Uh, as far as God is concerned, 
he made people human beings. Before we are Muslim, before we are Christians, before we are black, before we are white, before we are Indian, before whatever we are, we are human beings. And ultimately, our mission as Christians is not only to know God for ourselves, but to make him be known. And this is a, a big part of the, the commission that Jesus Christ kind of like passed on to his disciples. You know, go out and make more disciples, make more believers, so that people can not only know me, but they themselves can pass my name along to the, the, the masses so that they can know me as well. And so, you know, for us, whether it be, you know, us taking a missions trip to Qatar or Asia or Europe or wherever we go, uh, or if we're just driving around in our cars and meeting someone in Kroger in our communities, remember that your mission as a Christian, our greatest mission, is to know God first and to let him be known. So I encourage us to mobilize and be mobilizers. Thank you. Hello, I'm Gayla Gennard, and I am a member of this church along with my husband, Brian Gennard. And I'm going to talk to you today about sending And sending is essentially leveraging your career, your money, your skills, and your influence to send and support others engaged in cross-cultural ministry. And so for us, uh, Brian has a small business, and I uh, seem to travel all the time around the country, and soon we'll be traveling internationally to um, essentially bring the word about hearing um, in young children, I work with um, the population of children who are deaf or hard of hearing and, and try to help their parents get for their children what they need. And in a sense, that's a ministry. But part of the work that I do uh, and the responsibilities that I have has really led, led us to have some disposable income. And so some, and we are around a lot of people and the ability to influence people. Um, I believe there's a leader in all of us. And sometimes we don't identify that. But let me tell you, there's a leader in each of you. And as the world becomes more patterned, where we have um, in West Knoxville, Tennessee, for example, beautiful lawns and roads that work, in many, many places we don't have these kinds of patterns and people don't have this kind of wealth. And so that the, the wealth that we have, even if it's a dollar or two and you can bring it forward, you put that together with everybody else's dollar or two and it really makes a difference in, in um, reaching people who are unreached with the gospel of the Lord Jesus. So the scripture I'd like to read, 2 Corinthians 9, 10 through 12. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. So not only are we able to support those who are sent out into the mission field, but it is our way of expressing our thanks to the Lord for our salvation and all that he provides for us. So financial giving is seemingly difficult for many of us. It's a very difficult habit to get into because most of us feel like we're broke. Even if we're not, we feel that we don't have the extra money. But again, a dollar here or a dollar there is important um, in the long run. But the point is really not about the amount that you give. The point is that you're prioritizing your finances 
and how you spend your time and energy and again money um, for the Lord and, and what it is that he wants us to do not what it is that we want to do how can we further his kingdom so I have a few stories um, one is really about local missionaries. There's a ministry called the Children's Bible Ministry that um, Brian and I are involved in, um, really through his mother and his extended family. And they have nine camps around the United States. And I've been fortunate to go to their um, weekly, re their weekend retreat for the last two years. So I've gone to retreat essentially with a whole bunch of missionaries. And I was, I've really been um, impressed and amazed at the depth of understanding of the Bible, of scripture, of, of how these women um, know the Lord, how they know the scripture, how they, the trust that they have in him, and it really has deepened my own faith. Because it's not that we're just supporting a ministry so that we are reaching lives of children in that particular ministry, but it's also that we are giving people the time and space they need to become deep followers of the Lord and to really understand the word. It's been a blessing to us. And then an international ministry that my family has been involved in is I had some cousins who were missionaries in Ghana, Africa, and for many years, uh, my mother in particular supported them. And you know, this is one of those situations where there was a village and they didn't have water and my cousins committed to 15 years with them. Um, they finally did have to leave because someone put a gun to the head of their youngest child. I mean, it's not like that everywhere, but wow, what service um, they, they put forward and, and how they listened to the Lord was really, really amazing to watch. They were willing to give everything. Um, so... So again, the unreached do not, here's, here's uh, a, a scripture from Paul. Um, the unreached do not have a chance to hear the gospel if there is no one on the home front sending them. And then here's the question I want to end with. Which is more important, the rescuer, if someone falls down in the well, or the one who's holding the rope? And they're both important. So the one who is sent and those who are able to financially give to send them, they're equally important. She kind of stole my last bit there. <laughs> um, so I'm talking about going, uh, which is laboring to reach a people of significantly different culture than your own with the truth of Jesus. And I put myself last for a reason, because um, I think when we think of missions, going is the only thing we think of. And it is not, obviously. Um, and exactly, so if, if there's a person in a helicopter trying to rescue somebody, is the person going down more important or the person holding them up? So all of these roles are incredibly important, and everybody has a role to play. Um, Romans 15, 19b through 21 says, So from all Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ, it has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see and those who have not heard will understand. So that's our whole goal. And for my story, um, there was a student in China. Um, we, at the end of our trip this past summer, we got to go to mainland China and spend some time with the university students there that long-term teachers were teaching English. And there's this one student named Connor um, who was 
the most enthusiastic and hilarious person you will ever meet. And he hung out with us all week, and he, he always said, I want to go to America, I want to learn English, I want to be an English teacher like you guys. And um, he was just incredibly sweet and very kind, um, but he was not a believer. And at the end of our week, as we were going to the airport, he came with us to the airport, and we were about to board the plane. Um, and he was standing next to us and said, okay, everyone, I want to tell you something. And as he started to cry, <laughs> and made us all cry, um, he said that he feels like, I feel like we are all a family. And it impacted me a lot because you all are my family. And you'll be my family forever because we're all one in Christ. And we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, but that's something that he doesn't understand yet. And so that's why we go, so that all people will be part of this amazing family. Thank you, team. My name is Melanie, and I hope as you're listening to this, you're not just listening with the thought about, oh, that's nice, they're giving nice speeches, and this is how we do missions. But I hope you're looking at this as, God, what should I do about mission? Because the Bible does say that we are all called to reach the world and to make disciples. And so what is your role? Am I to be a welcomer, a mobilizer, a sender? Am I supposed to be one of those people that goes? There's a role for all of us to play, and we want to just challenge you uh, with that. And, and my goal for this next few minutes is just to tell you a little bit about how Life Church is already be beginning to enact this global mission. How we as a group of people, how the people that you're sitting next to are making a difference in this world. Life Church exists to bring people who are far from God toward their highest potential as Christ followers. That's why we exist. We're not a country club. We're not just a place that we can come and compare clothes or come and compare where we send our kids to daycare or come and compare how cool our jobs are. We're a place that has come together to reach people who are far from God and help them to reach their highest potential as Christ followers. In fact, Jesus, when he was here on earth, what he said to people is he said, I came to seek and to save those who are lost. That was a whole reason he came. He didn't just come to have a cool group of 12 guys that we now call apostles, and some people even call them saints, and they traveled around and did neat miracles and, and had, had like kind of a magic trick sort of thing. No, Jesus came to seek and save people who are far from him. And, and whenever you come up to Life Church, one of the first things that you see on our lawn is you see our sign. And it has a tree on it, and that tree is very is designed so that, yes, it has beautiful blue leaves, which tends to be a favorite color of people, but it also, in the middle of that tree, and you'll see our Life Church tree all over this building and even all over the signage that you see on your worship guides, you'll see a little orange leaf. And that orange leaf represents the person who feels outside, the person who doesn't feel like they're a part. And what we want to say, even with our logo, is 
even if you feel like you're an outsider, if you feel like you're not engaged, there is a place for you and there's a place for you here. And one of the reasons we do that is we believe that that is what Jesus' heart is. We believe that Jesus is always looking for people who don't feel like they're inside and trying to bring them inside of his family and inside of the faith. And, and um, this morning we put up this, this cross and we put up this globe to represent Jesus coming to reach the whole world. And, and we, I found a cloth from Kenya that we put on here and, and notice it's a bright orange. Jesus is coming to seek and to save people who are far from God. And we as Life Church want to be a part of helping to enact that by reaching people who are far from God in every way, not just in our own locality. The key scripture that I really want to focus on is Acts 1, verse 8. And Jesus, this is one of the very last things that Jesus said while he was here on earth, just before he left to go to heaven. One of the last, you know, last words are very important. What you say just before you're getting ready to leave for good. This is one of the very last things Jesus said. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, a lot of people think power, Holy Spirit, mm, it's going to give me the power to do all these neat and amazing things, and I'm going to do all these great miracles like the apostles did. Yeah, that's all cool and wonderful, but Jesus said he gave them power to do what? To be witnesses uh, to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Wow, what does that mean? When Jesus left, he said, I want you to have power, and I want you to have my power. I want to come and live in you, but I want to do it so that you can be witnesses. First, in Jerusalem, the reason he said Jerusalem to that particular group of people is because that's where they were from. So he said, I want to, I want to, for where you're from, I want to give you power to witness there. But then I also, when, you, when, we're, when we're working on that, we're also going to go to Judea and Samaria. That was the surrounding area. That was a region that they lived in. So I'm going to give you power to be witnesses in your town. I'm going to give you power to be witnesses in your region and into the end of the earth. I'm going to send you out all over. In fact, those people that he was talking to there, we know from history, went to all of the known world at that point to share the gospel. It is exciting to see what that small group of people that he was talking to managed to do both in their city, in their region, and in all the world. And we believe that Life Church, just like the early church was called to do, Life Church as a congregation is also called to be involved. So let me just tell you just a few brief ways that Life Church is involved. And if you want to know more about this, you can always look at our ministries page on our website, lifechurchknoxville.com, and you can look at these in more detail and follow links to websites. But I just want to tell you locally some of the things we're doing. Recently, we had a uh, fresh start outreach to our local community just to let them know all the great things that God's doing and challenge people to a fresh start. We have a nonprofit agency that's, that's associated with this church called uh, Community Life Concepts, and it encompasses some great, uh, great ministries. We have Portraits of Eternity, which is an educational mission that's underneath that. We have a counseling ministry that counsels people on a daily basis, professional counseling. We also have Transfiguring Adoption, which helps adoptive and foster families to really find resources to help them, and it's an amazing resource. You'll want to look that up on the website. We also have a brand new one called Compassion Closet that is providing um, clothing and, and special uh, goods to 
adoptive family. So that's right here out of this church. Those are happening. Also in the last year, we partnered with Water Angels, which works with uh, homeless folks and folks that are underserved and gives them amazing resources. We did that uh, through the course of last year. Also last Christmas, we partnered with Gresham Middle School. You'll see on the bottom left there, those presents represent all the gifts that you gave to help children who are needy and might not otherwise have had much of a Christmas. We were able to contribute to that. And then we also contributed to Knoxville Remembers last year, which was a special outreach that we did for our region here for those who were affected by the fires. And we gave gift cards to families um, so that they could use those for their Christmas gifts or whatever needs that they had. So that's just locally what Life Church is trying to do to be involved. And you are going to hear more and more as the year goes on about new ways that we want to be involved in our community. Because how many people know that God has called us to be witnesses here locally? This is our Jerusalem. Knoxville and the surrounding areas is our equivalent of Jerusalem. Now, nationally, we're doing some cool things too. We are um, partnering with a group called ARC, the Association of Related Churches, and their job is to plant churches all across America, and they're even starting to spread globally, but primary here in America. And one of the reasons that we're so excited about partnering with, uh, with ARC is that um, the statistics show that most people come to faith through new church plants. It's not the big mega churches, and they have lots of cool resources, and mega churches are amazing, doing amazing work for God, but it tends to be church plants where people are finding Jesus for the first time. So we're so excited to send some of our mission money to um, the art churches, and they actually helped us when we were getting relaunched, and they're just an exciting group of people. There's also a national group called Teen Challenge, and they reach all over the country to men and women who lives around they really specialize with drug and alcohol but they help people with lots and lots of different kind of challenges in their life we have a local chapter here and many of you have been part of life church will remember that they've been to our congregation uh several different times in the past year even just to share what god is doing and i don't know about you but if if you were there i tears were coming to my eyes as i was realizing all of the amazing things that god was doing and and it made me really want to be a part you know i just take a pause here just to think Whenever we're giving at Life Church, yes, we're giving to do things like keep the lights on and to buy new brochures and, and things like that. But really, when we're talking about this, you're giving dollars. Even if it's not designated for mission, many of your giving dollars are going toward helping missions like this. You are being a part. You are able to be part of that sending mission. Next, I just want to focus really quickly on the international. And there's so much that we do internationally, I wish I had time to tell you all the stories. We work with Nick and Rosie Brackett, who are um, a part of those unreached people groups in Thailand. We work with the Christian Hospitality Network, and uh, Judy Bagwell goes out with them every year. And, and they reach missionaries from all across the globe. And they ask them, they invite them to come at no charge to themselves to a retreat, and they minister to them and try to rejuvenate their spirit. I wish I could tell you the stories from the Christian Hospitality Network, but it is amazing that some of the people who have been on mission for even 10 years or even more, that have never been on a, a vacation of any kind at all, but they've been working and spending their life in mission. And then finally, um, not finally, but also we have the African International Foundation for Educational Excellence, and I'll talk about that in just a moment, but that's an amazing ministry to Kenyan children. 
uh, a few more that people in our church sponsor, and they send money uh, through the congregation there. We have Steve and Marion Kidd from South Africa, Alvin and Rhoda Cobb from Thailand, who we just saw this week and said to Life Church, thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you're doing to help. Robert Wellman in Brazil, Sarah Burns here on the platform, has done an amazing job going to China, and she plans on spending her life in China eventually. And then Taylor Whitson, who's getting ready to go to Ireland. And we're so excited for you, Taylor, that God is doing great things internationally. And I just wanted to close with just a quick story about how your involvement's making a difference. I know we've given you a lot of information here today. And I've given you lots of missions that we're involved in. This is a picture of my friend, Dr. Peter Gattau. Dr. Peter Gattau looks pretty sharp there. In fact, um, that's a picture of him. He's the vice president of student affairs for Dixie State University. He's worked at several universities across the country. And uh, the amazing thing about Dr. Gattau is he was from the poorest of the poor families in Kenya. And in Kenya, you don't automatically get an education. You have to pay for it. You have to pay for your books. You have to pay for your... Um, uniforms which are required you have to pay for your school tuition his father died and they were from a very poor family and in their in the in the Kenyan culture when the father dies it's the oldest child's responsibility to take care of the younger children and so his oldest brother quit school but insisted Peter never be allowed to leave school and so Peter was educated and he was a very very bright young man and through sacrifice of his family and other people, he was able not only to go to, to uh, grade school, but high school, and eventually on to university. And he did so well, and he was so intelligent, that the Lord opened up doors for him to come into the United States, where he was finally became not only Peter Gattau, but Dr. Peter Gattau. A very intelligent man. His family was so, so poor, and they lived up the mountain, and they would have to run up and down the mountain a mile each way every day just for him to go home and get his lunch because he couldn't afford school lunches so he'd have to go home for lunch but God did amazing things in his life and he's begun programs all across the country including African International Mission that we talked about a few minutes ago that helped sponsor African children to go to school and we became involved with him about 10 years ago or ne- not quite but nearly 10 years ago because we met him God brought our paths together and he said Pastor Phil and Melanie, I really want to tell you about what's going on, and I want you to see it. And so he took my husband over to Kenya with him with a group of people, and they were able to see up close these schools. And they brought gifts for the students in the schools, and it was amazing. My mother-in-law was one of those people, and she actually bought puzzles for the children in the schools. Do you know that they dismissed class for the whole day long because the children had never seen a puzzle before? And so they all worked puzzles together. And they brought deflated soccer balls that they were able to inflate and play with. But they also shared the gospel. Because in Kenyan public schools, it's okay to share the gospel. And they often learn reading by learning scriptures. In the public schools, that is. We've continued our mission with Dr. Gatow. And and since we've been here at Life Church, um, he invited us to come back because we were to dedicate a church. And so Noah, my son Noah and I and Phil got to go back again. We dedicated a church. We did several missions And this is a picture of me, actually, with a bunch of the children. Life Church helped to support this mission. It was pretty exciting to be part of that. These are children who were so excited. One of the reasons I was so popular is because I had a digital camera. And I was taking the children's pictures, and then I would show them a picture. They had never seen pictures of themselves. 
And so I showed them a picture. And Life Church sent all kind of gifts and all kind of wonderful things. And it made such a difference in these kids' lives. But not only was it a gift, they were coming to hear the gospel. And they were coming to know Jesus. And there are actually children from that congregation who have been raised up. And they're becoming pastors and leaders in their own congregation. You sitting here in Life Church in Knoxville, Tennessee, that gave to that project are making a difference for those children all across the world. And I want to thank you for that. And I want to challenge you this morning and say, um, as we close here, prayerfully ask God, God, what is it that I should be doing? Maybe God's calling some of you all that have never thought about it to be a, a person that goes. Maybe on a short term or maybe on a long term. Maybe God's calling you to be a giver. Maybe God's calling you to help empower others and help give them strategic alliances. Some of you, even who are in business and things like that, can do those. But God is calling each of us to be involved, and, and we're going to be, we're not taking up a special offering today. We're not announcing a big, uh, a, a big uh, event that's going to be happening. But we want you to just prayerfully think about that as we're closing the service today. And we're also going to ask you, to be ready to be involved in future things that are happening because we are going to have local outreaches and future outreaches and we want you to make sure that you understand that this is part of God's heart and so therefore it's part of Life Church's heart. Love you all and appreciate you very much. We're going to take the next uh, few minutes of our service together and you're going to receive uh, some cards with the name of an unreached people group, uh, some of the ones that were mentioned earlier. Let's take a few minutes and pray for those this morning. There might not be a lot that we can do uh, on this side of, of the world for a lot of these groups that are scattered all across the, the globe. But we can, we can gather together this morning and we can pray because we believe in a God who, who answers our prayers, who hears us when we cry out to him. And we've, we've heard all these great opportunities of ways that we can get involved and, and things that we can do to, to do our part to, to spread the gospel among all nations. But we don't want to walk outside of those doors without giving you a chance to do something here and now. So there's going to be just a few minutes of, of almost silence, of stillness. Uh, they're going to pass out these cards if you just want to take a few minutes and, and pray for whatever group that is on, on this card that you're going to receive pray that, that God would send somebody who'd raise up workers to, to go to these places and, and live among these people, to, to learn their languages and, and translate the scriptures into their languages. They would come to know the love that our, our Father has for them. Though they're lost and though they are broken and though they are hurting, it, it, Jesus has come. He's making all things new. Just spend this time in prayer.